Who's most likely to sign an extension with the Boston Red Sox before the season is over? Find out that and more as we dive into the who's most likely to on the 2023 Boston Red Sox roster on today's episode of Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Red Sox, your daily Monday through Friday podcast on all things Boston Red Sox, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox. On today's show, we're going to be diving into quite a few things. I'm going to be discussing the top five first half storylines that go with this Boston Red Sox team. What storylines do you associate them with the most from the first half? I'm also going to be discussing international spring training. There was a little bit of an announcement about a couple of the Red Sox spring training games for 2024. That's pretty exciting. So I'm going to be reacting to that news. And we're also going to be playing a fun game called Who's Most Likely To? Diving into some different scenarios about Red Sox players and who's most likely to do what. So I'm excited to bring you another episode of Locked on Red Sox. Thank you for tuning in and making Locked on Red Sox your first listen of every day. So the Red Sox have had a lot of storylines that have been associated with the team this season. It's been a roller coaster, to say the least. It's been up and down. There's been a lot that's gone on. But I'd say it's definitely looking up. And the season is starting to move in the right direction. So I'm going to be ranking the top five best storylines from the first half of the season. And at number five, I'm going to put growth of prospects. So it's been a lot of fun to watch players like Bayo, Duran, and Casas. I mean, Bayo, obviously, you can't say enough about him, has been the ace of the pitching staff, has been super reliable night in and night out when he's on the mound. So you can't really say anything bad about the guy. He's still young. He's still developing, but he's worked his way through the Red Sox system. And it really has shown that the system has worked for him. So that's been super fun. Obviously, Jaron Duran is one of the hottest hitters in the Red Sox lineup right now, if not the hottest. He's been a huge contribution in terms of the Red Sox recent run of getting back into wild card contention and putting them in a position to actually really legitimately get a wild card spot. So he's really turned things around from last season because he was struggling a lot at the plate last season. Um, He's hitting all over the park this year, as opposed to striking out a lot last year or just not making hard contact. And that's nice to see. He didn't seem to have the confidence last year that he has this year. So he seems to know himself a lot better at the plate and he's finding his pitches and he's gotten a lot better at developing his discipline at the plate and just identifying what he shouldn't, shouldn't be swinging at. And Casas is still growing as well. Obviously he struggled for a lot of the season, but he's really starting to show improvement. His plate approach, I've noticed a big difference. He's being more patient at the plate. He's taking more pitches as opposed to just jumping the gun and swinging at what he sees. So he's really starting to judge pitches a lot better um, and kind of grow into that player he needs to be to be part of the Red Sox future. So between those three players, it's definitely been fun to watch the growth of, 
the Red Sox prospects and who we have coming up in the future that could really make a huge impact on this team. So that is my number five storyline in terms of top five storylines for the Red Sox this season so far. Um, number two, I'm going to go with a shortstop situation. I mean, obviously, this has been all over the place between stories, injury, and then throwing Kike into shortstop. Yu Chang was brought in. Pablo Reyes was brought in. David Hamilton was called up. So it's really been all over the place this season, and they haven't been able to develop that consistency that they need from a shortstop. Obviously, Story was supposed to be that person that would show the consistency and be there to play that spot more permanently. But obviously, unfortunately, he was injured before the season, had to get some surgery done, so he wasn't able to play. So they've just bounced a lot of people around a shortstop. It's been pretty intriguing to see Alex Cora's lineup and say, oh, who's playing shortstop today? Because obviously it's a hard position to play and you can't really just throw anybody there. Kike wasn't really hacking it. They put a Royo there for a few games. So there's been a few players that have really alternated between playing shortstop this year. And that to me is one of the biggest things to note about this Red Sox team this year is just how wild it's been at that position and just how inconsistent we've really seen that position be. So that's number four for me for the biggest Red Sox storylines. Number three is the offensive roller coaster. I mean, one day they're hitting, one day they're not hitting. There's a lot of talent in this lineup. There were times when everybody was cold and then everybody was hot. Right now it's seemingly at a point where the majority of the hitters in the lineup are hot, which is obviously fantastic. But I worry that, you know, that's not going to continue. What if they all get cold again at some point and nobody can hit? Because that stretch where nobody was hitting in June was rough, really, really tough to watch. And, you know, nobody was able to make good contact. Nobody was situationally hitting and getting that big hit when we needed it. So they were always struggling to generate offense. So it was really sad to see pitchers have good outings and then have to take a loss because they their offense couldn't support them or couldn't get them the run support that they need. So from an offensive standpoint, it's been an absolute roller coaster this year. They have the talent to be able to hit consistently, but the fact that they weren't was definitely frustrating. And I hope that they can continue where they're at now and that this might be the turning point of, oh, did they all have to go through their growing pains? And now they're starting to figure it out as a lineup altogether, how they need to hit and how they need to tackle pitchers because that was frustrating to watch, and it was such a confusing sight because you never really knew what offense you were getting on a nightly basis. So hopefully they can change that and be able to stay consistent now because the offense that we see now nightly is a tough, tough offense to beat, and it's tough on opposing pitching staffs. So I hope they can really keep that up because the offense is going to be key to their postseason success if they get there and even just their second-half schedule. So offensive roller coaster number three. Number two has to be the injuries. I mean, there's been so many injuries affecting this team this year. It's really unfortunate. Chris Sale, who just hasn't been able to stay healthy since that 2018 season and having Tommy John and coming back and feeling like he's better than ever and then getting injured again. It's just a sad story. And then obviously Tanner Houck getting injured in a really unprecedented and a little bit scary situation, but he's you know, doing well, hopefully is going to be coming back soon. Garrett Whitlock is another one that's gotten injured. So the pitching staff as a whole has just been very, very diminished this season. There's just been a lot of injuries from a pitching standpoint. So it's hard to really been able to take the pitching 
staff seriously because there's been so many guys who have gotten injuries throughout the season so far. Um, obviously, you know, Joely Rodriguez, who was activated recently, pitched a little bit in the A's game last Sunday, but missed, I mean, the whole season pretty much from his injury so far. Um, so that's another pitcher and obviously John Schreiber. So the list really can go on with the injuries and the pitching. And I felt like we weren't able to see the full potential of the pitching staff really at all this season so far, just because there's been so many injuries. So from that standpoint, but also obviously offensively, I mean, story starting the season injured, which was obviously not ideal, but then even Adam Duvall, who was on an absolute hot streak to start the season and then goes down and gets injured. Yu Chang getting injured, Pablo Reyes getting injured, Reese McGuire getting injured. I mean, the list can really go on. Like there's been other players who have had short stints on the IL, but injuries have played a huge part in what this team has and hasn't been able to do this year. Um, and some of the inconsistency could definitely be from the injuries. So that has to be in the top five for storylines. Finally, the last storyline I wanted to make note of is just the people that the Red Sox have acquired in the offseason and during the season. Offseason and midseason acquisitions. I mean, Justin Garza started off fine. I really liked what I saw from him at the beginning, but really fell off before he got moved back down to AAA. So he was somebody who was definitely struggling a little bit and I wanted to see more from. But I was curious when they signed him. I said, you know, let's see how this goes. Justin Turner obviously is panning out to be a really, really good offseason signing. He is a true leader for this team. He's a veteran who can provide that experience to some of the younger guys. Obviously, Masataka Yoshida, who has been phenomenal, should have been an all-star. I say it so much, but I'm serious. Has been huge to the offense of the Red Sox, provides a spark when needed, and can be that guy who can generate with runners on base. So he's been really good, obviously. And then there's been a combination of other players like Duvall, Reyes, Chang. Duvall doesn't get really a fair shot because he was injured for a lot of the season. But when he was here before his injury, he was hitting really well. So that looked like it was going to be a good idea. And then obviously the plethora of fielders that they've had, like Reyes, Chang, and Alfaro, who unfortunately Reyes and Chang both have gotten injured. So we haven't really gotten to see fully what they can do. Um, and then also Alfaro, who was with the Red Sox, played with the AAA team, and then went to the Rockies, got DFA'd by them, and then came back. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but the offseason acquisitions so far um, are looking to be some good talent that kind of fit in with what the Red Sox need right now. Yu Chang, I really am a fan of, even though he was on the IL. He has good defense, and we've seen his defense enough to know that that's true. So the offseason acquisitions is the final thing, and those are my top five biggest storylines for the Red Sox this season. Do you have any others so far from the first half that you were really keeping an eye on that I missed? Definitely reply on YouTube, post a comment or tweet at me with some other big storylines from the first half that you feel should be included. Coming up, the Red Sox did announce some exciting news regarding spring training in 2024 and expanding the international presence. So I'm going to be talking about that and going into what it might mean for the Red Sox and just MLB in general moving forward. So Sleeper, let me tell you about it. I mean, Sleeper is a really, really convenient app. I've never seen a more convenient sports betting app. If you want the chance to win more money with less picks, this is absolutely the place to go. And I mean, this is coming from somebody who is not huge into sports betting and gets kind of confused as to how to follow sports betting apps or sites sometimes or what picks 
people are commonly betting on, but this makes it so easy for you. You can make a pick for, um, you know, who is going to score the first Red Sox home run out of the all-star break. And it'll give you guidance as to what players could likely be able to do that. And you can use your best judgment as to, okay, I think the safest option would be Masataka Yoshida or Alex Verdugo. And then you can pinpoint, okay, this is the player that I think could most likely be able to hit a home run out of the break. And so I always like to describe it to people as sleeper is for beginners in sports betting. It really makes it simple if you're looking to get into it and make some extra money. Sleeper is the way to go if you're trying to look for a reliable betting app where you can, you know, win a bunch of money by taking a bet that could be on the safer side, even um, that you think likely could happen. It's definitely a lot of fun. I, I recommend use promo locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 States. Check out sleeper today. So for all you sports bettors out there, I definitely am encouraging you to check out Sleeper. I hope you win a lot of money. I'll be rooting for you. Hopefully you show me on social media that you've been using it. And let me know what bets are taking on it because I am curious because there's so many baseball bets you can make out there. So the Red Sox did announce on Wednesday that they're going to be playing a couple spring training games in the Dominican Republic against the Rays. This is super exciting. I think this is great for the Red Sox, great for Major League Baseball. It's going to be March 9th and 10th, back-to-back days, playing against the Rays in the Dominican Republic. I think this could be good because it's going to be easing into the regular season international schedule. They do have a few scheduled games that are going to be happening in other countries this year, which is good for the sport, kind of expanding its presence to um, countries that, we're not used to watching major league baseball in and also Rafael Devers, Joely Rodriguez and Brian Bayo are all from the DR originally. So for them to be able to suit up in their home country and play for their hometown fans has to be cool for them. I mean, Devers was in the world baseball classic and played for the Dominican Republic. So they're obviously really proud of their country and, it will be cool for them to be able to suit up in front of those fans. And also just as a team to gain exposure to playing in other places, because obviously they travel so much throughout the country in Canada when they're playing games during the regular season and they're seeing all kinds of different ballparks all the time. But to go to an international stage in a country that's a lot further away where they haven't played baseball there before with their team I think could be a great opportunity for everybody to just kind of see, you know, what it's like to play elsewhere. And also for those players who are from there, their families obviously don't get to watch them often when they play at the major league level with the Red Sox in the U.S. So it'll be cool for them because their families hopefully can go watch them play live and in person and they'll be able to, you know, see them more easily and they could do visits and everything. So I think that from that standpoint too, for the Dominican born players on the Red Sox, it'll be helpful for them to be able to see their families. And also I just think in general, it can drive more cultures to the sport of baseball because you look at some sports like soccer and to an extent football, and I'd say rugby are big sports worldwide and tennis. I would throw in that category too. sports that really a lot of different countries like to watch and are interested in 
And so I think, you know, baseball exists in other countries, but I feel like it's not as prevalent in other countries as um, other sports are. So I feel like by doing this and having this international schedule for the 2024 season, you're introducing other cultures to the sport of baseball and really bringing other cultures together. And I think, you know, having those Dominican born players that play for the Red Sox, it can really drive their culture and their hometown fans to feel more connected to them on the baseball field. And hopefully it'll drive more of an audience to baseball in general. So I really like that they're doing this. I think having the opportunity to play back-to-back games in the Dominican Republic is a great opportunity that the Red Sox should really, you know, be taking advantage of and the players should soak in because it's not every day you get to just casually travel to the DR and play baseball. So I think for the players, even the ones that aren't from the Dominican Republic, it could just be a good experience to play in front of new fans and new people and the environment too. The environment in Boston, as I've talked about, is tough. It's hard to play baseball in Boston. But if you are a member of the Boston Red Sox and you're going and you're playing baseball in another country in front of new fans, it could open up a lot of doors for you in terms of, oh, I really like playing here. And I could see myself, you know, playing here more often. And I do think this international schedule is going to open up more opportunity for players and teams to play in other countries moving forward. So I like the idea. I'm really excited to just see how the team takes that in and how the Red Sox really are able to enjoy it. Because again, it's not every day that you get that type of experience. And as a Red Sox fan, I just think, you know, it would be really good for the sport of baseball and it's really encouraging people of other cultures to get invested in the game and Baseball very much is a type of sport to me where you have to watch it live and you have to be there in person to, you know, really, really feel feel engaged if you're a casual fan. And, you know, for me, obviously, I'm a diehard baseball fan, so I can watch any game on TV and I'll find it entertaining. But my friends can't all do that. They can't sit there and watch a game and say they're having a good time. They just don't enjoy it as much. But if they go to a game, they enjoy it and it's a much different experience. So having this international schedule and bringing teams to other countries to play really could just help increase baseball's presence in general and major league baseball in particular. So I really, really like it. I'm happy the Red Sox are one of the teams that gets the opportunity to do that because I think it's really important for all of us to stay cultured and be able to um, get everybody involved in being able to enjoy baseball in some capacity. And for people in those countries, they could go to a game and really, really enjoy it and start to be more invested in the sport. So, you know, obviously they're not playing there during the regular season, but I do think soon down the road, it'll turn into a regular season slate of games that they play there. But either way, it's still a cool experience. The Red Sox should take advantage of it as much as they can and, you know, really embrace the opportunity because it's not every day you get to do that. Coming up, I'm going to play a cute little game called Who's Most Likely To, and it's about Red Sox players in different scenarios. So I'm going to take Red Sox players and talk about who's most likely to do what in certain situations. So that's all coming up next. So Bird Dogs essentially is meant to make you look good. They have really stretchy pants, stretchy shorts, stretchy shirts, comfortable clothing that you can wear on any occasion 
and not feel tight or not feel like it's uncomfortable for you. They fit in any size. They can get you different styles, different colors. It's super cool to surf the Bird Dogs website because you can get different types of shorts that, you know, might be a really good fit for you. And if you prefer certain colors on you, I know I do, they definitely have that color. So definitely take advantage of everything they have to offer because comfortable clothing is definitely the way to go, especially with all the humidity that we've had in the summer this year. It's been a lot of humidity and wearing tight clothing can't always be comfortable, especially for me. I know if I'm going to be outside a lot, I prefer to have clothes that stretch out and, um, you know, just allow myself to sweat without being uncomfortable. So Bird Dogs is your one-stop shop for all your comfortable clothing. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash MLB or promo code MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. You really won't. They're so comfortable. I have nothing but good things to say about it, especially at this time of year and especially with this particular summer when it's been so humid. So definitely take a chance on it. Order all of your summer needs there, fall needs there. Check out birddogs.com. Don't forget the promo code locked on MLB and you can get some nice discounts on your first set of attire that you get from them. So, it's time for a fun game called Who's Most Likely To. I know a lot of times, you know, I played this game growing up with my friends and it was scenarios about who in our friend group was most likely to do certain things. So I put a bunch of Red Sox players together and I have different categories for who's most likely to on the Red Sox. So the first one I have is who's most likely to finish their career with the Red Sox. Any guesses? If you guess the man that just signed a big extension with the team, you are correct. Raphael Devers is my choice. He obviously, you know, just signed a big deal with the Red Sox. He's going to be here for a while, hopefully. And then when the contract is over, hopefully he maybe sticks around for a couple more seasons as he's nearing the tail end of his career. I don't see him playing anywhere else. I have said this about other players before, but I really hope that he sticks around and finishes his career in a Red Sox uniform because he really is not supposed to be anywhere else. And it would truly, truly hurt my heart to see him go somewhere else. And I, he really enjoys playing here. I truly believe that. So finish their career with the Red Sox. Most likely I'm putting Raphael Devers. Who's most likely to be the hottest hitter at the plate to open the second half. I'm going with the man who was the hottest hitter at the plate to end the first half, Jaron Duran. I just think the guy is on fire right now and it's hard to go against him because of how strong he's been offensively as of late and just really been the biggest contribution to the Red Sox success the last really few weeks. Um, so I don't really see him slowing down just because of the all-star break. I think he comes in hot out of the gate and I think he is the Red Sox hottest hitter coming out of the all-star break. Who's most likely to start off slow at the plate coming out of the second half? And I love this player. I, I've said this on the show. I'm really, really high on him. But I put Masataka Yoshida for this. And the reason I said this is because he did start off slow at the beginning of the season. And it took him a little bit of time to get acclimated. And now he really is starting to get acclimated. I feel like the break might be a little bit detrimental for him. He might need to take a little bit of time to figure things out again. Not saying he won't figure it out again. I, I really don't think 
a rust will take that long um, if he is in one. But if I had to pick somebody in the Red Sox lineup that I could see maybe starting off a little laggy in the second half, I would say Yoshida, but I fully expect him to turn that around and still be a huge contribution as we, you know, head into the later part of the season. Who's most likely to have a surprising breakthrough in the second half? This is a player that hasn't really had the best season. He's battled some injuries. He's played primarily second base, played shortstop a few times. For this question, I put Christian Arroyo. The reason I say this is because, you know, like I mentioned, he hasn't had the best season, but his defense has been improving. He's been starting to hit a little bit more at the plate. It seems like things are starting to come together for him a little bit more from an offensive standpoint. So that to me feels like since he's starting to click, he's going to use this break and really just be full full force in the second half, full foot on the gas and just go. Um, I think he's going to have a breakthrough in the second half offensively. I think he's going to have you know, those moments that we didn't see from him in the first half. And I think he's going to perform a lot better in the second half and people are going to be pleasantly surprised. Who's most likely to sign an extension with the Red Sox before the season ends? I'm going with Alex Verdugo here. You know, this could be more of an emotional pick because I really, really want to see Verdugo sign an extension with the Red Sox. I think he deserves an extension. He's done so much for the team this year and he has been the go-to guy for them in a lot of situations. So I really like what I've seen from him this year. He's been versatile. He's been really good on defense and his bat has been equally strong. So I think the Red Sox should be talking to him about an extension, make an offer soon and really show that they value him as a player and value him being here. Because if they want to make the most of what they got out of that Mookie trade, they should be extending Doogie long-term. So hopefully the Red Sox realize that, but I think he's most likely to, be the one that they take action on with an extension and sign longer term before the season ends. The second half fan favorite, who's most likely to be that? I think the second half fan favorite is going to be John Schreiber. He's a completely under the radar pick, but to me, he was absolutely dominating, you know, and then got his injury and started to look a little bit weaker on the mound because he got injured. So when he comes back from his injury, I expect him to be better than ever. I think he's going to be a fantastic asset to the bullpen. We've already seen, you know, Chris Martin be really good in the pen. We've seen Kenley Jansen get the job done, but if we can get a healthy Schreiber back, he's going to really, really enhance that bullpen. And if they have a Schreiber Martin Jansen combo, that's a pretty good bullpen combo to have. So I think players, you know, really could benefit from having somebody like him coming back. And I think the fans are really going to enjoy being able to see him come back in the second half and dominate. And hopefully that'll be good for the Red Sox because I've always liked Schreiber. I think he has a really high ceiling and I think he's really, really good. So I think he's most likely to be the fan favorite because um, I think he'll come back and be really, really dominant. Most likely to be traded. Adam Duvall is the obvious choice here for me he doesn't really make sense anymore because especially with how Duran has been playing and they do have a good amount of outfielders that they can put in there. I think Duvall getting traded and get some return on him makes sense. I like Duvall obviously was hitting really well before he got injured, has been struggling a little bit since coming back. So hopefully they can find his bat a little bit more before the trade deadline and increase his value a little bit. But I think he's most likely to get traded because if they're trying to look at the full picture going forward in the future, 
I don't think having Duvall makes or breaks their chances of making a playoff run this season. And obviously he's not a piece for the future. So I think he's the piece that's most likely to be traded and they can afford to do it without it hurting them too much in terms of their chances to make a playoff run. Who's most likely to have the best home run celebration in the second half? I have to go with a guy who's super animated, loves to celebrate, loves getting pumped up if he makes really, really nice catches in the outfield, Alex Verdugo. I mean, he has a personality and he's fun. And every time he does something well, he does have a big celebration involved. He needs to get some of the other guys more animated. I missed, you know, the grocery cart celebration in the dugout when somebody hit a home run. They need to get something like that going again. But I think he's going to be the one who's going to come up with a cool home run celebration at some point, whether that's, you know, in the next couple of weeks or before the season ends. But somebody needs to come up with something. And I think Alex Verdugo is the one most likely to come up with the best home run celebration. And if he doesn't, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. So, you know, obviously the all-star break is coming to a close, heading into the second half of the season. I have high hopes for the Red Sox. I hope they can really come out strong. You know, hopefully I've enjoyed the break, but not too much and can come out in the second half and really show that they want to compete for a wild card spot and just dominate that series against the Cubs and dominate that series against the A's because that's going to be crucial to their success in the second half and getting a playoff spot. So let's hope it happens. Tune into tomorrow's episode, um, and I'm going to be doing a little preview of the Red Sox-Cubs series and what to expect going forward from the team. So tune in to the show tomorrow. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. I'll catch you on the flip side. Take care.